Hi, this is Chris, host of CT Small Business Presents, where we get to know your favorite Connecticut small businesses, as well as the ones you may not know. We get to know their passions, their business, their story. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the episode. Hey, it's uh, Chris, and I'm running solo today, and actually I have uh, Duck here with me. Duck, how are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Now, for those who are unaware, Duck is actually in the neighboring business to to uh, Royal Fox Studio. And how exactly, how, how do you pronounce the name? Unitas Photography. Unitas. Unitas, yes. I just didn't want to butcher it. Tell, telling you the first time, introducing you, I didn't want to butcher it on you. Well, it's my last name. So, oh, is it? Yeah. I'm sure you get a lot of it then. Uh, of like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I get uh, Unitas. Oh, do you? Yeah. So, yeah, I get a, my last name is Heigl, so I get Hegel, Hegel, yeah, yeah. you know, all like the H's and E's and sound like A's. So, so uh, tell me a little bit about Unitas Photography. Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, my background is in uh, graphic design and illustration. And for the longest time, uh, I was a tattoo artist right across the street. And I promised myself once that, you know, I, that business kind of got old. I was going to transition into something else. And photography was something that I really enjoyed ever since I was a little kid. I bought my first camera when I was 14 years old with uh, paper route money that, that I earned. And um, so it, it was something that I really enjoyed. I felt, you know, I, I could... Uh, I can move into that very easily with my graphic design and illustration background. And uh, so eventually the, t- the time came and um, in 2007, my wife bought me my first digital camera. Oh, did and she? It, yeah. And, and it kind of reinvigorated the photography aspect, uh, you know, in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never, at that point, you know, I wasn't looking at it as career. Yeah. It was just more of a hobby. But the more I got into it, the more, you know, I, I re-fell in love with photography. And I started just delving more into it and becoming uh, more of an advanced amateur, you know, wanting more professional results from, from my photography and, and uh I said once I got to the point where uh, I wanted to step away from the uh, tattoo business, it just made sense to move into that, into photography as a career. So while I had the tattoo shop, I kind of built my business as a photographer. So when I closed one shop, I already had, you know, yeah, everything planned. This, exactly. It was, it was spot a, in place, I say. Yeah, it was an easy transition. Just slide in and... Yeah. Uh, uh, hang my shingle out, you know, let everybody know that, hey, I'm a pro, pro photographer. Yeah. It sounds like uh, you've been like a lifetime artist. Yes. Like you've always had that ability to draw, I assume draw, obviously, if you're a tattoo artist. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tell people, I jokingly tell people that my when I was a toddler, my mother bought me a, a box of crayons and I never put them down. <laughs> I love it. That's a good idea. I, uh, I actually... I do photography as a hobby myself. I actually bring my camera with me all the time. Yep. I still have one of those, uh, it's the Nikon D3400s. Oh, that's a good so camera. I'm still, yeah. I always tell people I'm a practice, practicing amateur. 
Yes. So. Yes. You know, uh, I've, like I said, I, I started off with film cameras back when I was 14. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, in my early years, the, the camera was more of a little tool that I, I captured my escapades with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I, after high school, I joined the Navy and it traveled with me and, and I photographed, you know, every port that I, I landed in, uh, nothing, you know, no photos that you would go, wow, over, you know, Mm -hmm. they were the typical, like you said, amateur photography Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, capture family events, the birthdays, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the life changes that happens in everybody's life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I would experiment artistically because I, I, I wanted to kind of push it as an art tool, mm-hmm. but this was in the film days. And when you're young, half broke, yeah, you know, exactly. uh, uh, film, you know, it wasn't the the cheapest thing, and then after you know, film you would have either twelve or twenty four exposures. Uh, black and white, I had thirty six exposures, so I have thirty six pictures in the camera. Uh, I, I I didn't just use it willy nilly, so yeah. I was very careful of you know the pictures that I took, and then after the roll was empty. I would have to send it out to get it developed and printed. And mm-hmm. so by the time you start to roll to the time you get the, the prints back, it's, to see it if could be a month. Too. Exactly. It could be a month. So by the time you get them back, it's, you forgot exactly everything that, that you, you put into it. Yeah. So it was a very slow process. And then when digital photography came about, of course, I did not want to give up my film camera because digitally in its infancy, was it sucked. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, in 2007, my, my wife bought me my first little digital camera. It was a Kodak point and shoot. Oh, was it? Yeah. Six megapixels. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ooh. Yeah. You know? It's like the uh, first, having like the first iPhone. Yeah, you exactly. Know? You know, and, and uh, it was interesting because now I could see the instant result mm-hmm. of the photo that I took. Yeah. And I could judge it whether it was good or bad. And I had the the luxury of being able to say, ooh, that sucks. And yeah, then hit the delete, delete button it. and just get rid of it. Yeah. That's what I do now. Yeah. That's why I ex- do it. It's like, oh, I hate that. It means you exactly. get rid of it instantly. And, and like a, a friend of mine said, you know, take, take lots of pictures because digital film is cheap. Mm-hmm. And that was, for me, that was rather liberating artistically yeah. because now... I could really experiment to my heart's content and not worry about, you know, using up a roll of film yeah. on on garbage, you know. So, uh like that's that's pretty much what reinvigorated me to the art. Mm-hmm. And um uh I really just I I delved right into it. That that little camera that my wife bought me well, that satisfied my artistic abilities for about almost a year. Oh, did it? Yeah. All right, because I was used to the bigger, you know, uh, SLR cameras mm-hmm. with the interchangeable lenses. Yeah. And here it was. It was literally a pocket point-and-shoot camera. Mm-hmm. A decent one, but it was still point-and-shoot. So I saved up my money and bought myself a more professional uh, uh 
DSLR camera at 12 megapixels. Oh, so I immediately yeah. doubled my megapixel and the, the file size. And uh, I was more in familiar grounds with the form factor. Mm. And so, uh, you know, that just kind of encouraged me to really experiment more. But what I found, what was interesting, is that the way you use a film camera and the way you use a digital camera, there were a, a lot of similarities, mm -hmm. but also a lot of differences. Yeah, and that that threw me right out the out of the gate, and I was like, "Oh man, I feel like a newbie." Yeah, I'm sure. You know? So I I ended up joining some photography groups in the area. And uh, this was um, pre-meetup.com. I don't know okay. if you're yeah, familiar with meetup.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Flickr. Yeah, was, I, remember, I remember Flickr. Yep, Flickr was the place to hang out if you were a photographer. And a lot of local photographers would have little groups and they would advertise through Flickr that say, hey, we're going to you know, get together for a photo shoot. I, I didn't know they had groups on that. They did. I never realized. Yeah. I thought it was just like a place where you could just put your, put your, your yeah, photos well, up. It's, I didn't know there was it, more to it. It is. But yeah, it, they, they built little communities. Oh, I never knew that. It was, never... It's an awkward f platform for community building because yeah. it, it really wasn't designed for it. Mm -hmm. But people learned to, to work around it. Yeah. So I became involved in one of the communities, and uh, uh, an interesting thing happened. Other people who were also learning mm -hmm. photography, whenever they they had a problem, they would ask, you know, the people in the group, mm -hmm. "Hey, you know, how how do you figure this out?" Or, uh, you know, we'd all share our our photos on the back of the camera, you know, because we're all taking pictures of the same thing yeah and it's like oh why did yours come out so much better than mine what am i doing wrong mm -hmm. so we'd help each other yeah and what ended up happening is because of my background in in film photography my background in graphic design and my background in illustration gave me a, a little bit of a push ahead yeah and so i was learning more of the technical aspect because I already had the artistic aspect in, in place and the people around me were struggling a lot with the artistic aspect and to some extent the, the technical aspect. Uh, so in these conversations of, hey, how, how did you do that? You know, um, I started getting a reputation of being the answer guy. Yeah. And it's not something I ask for, you know. It's not something I I, I see. You set out, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you know, pretty soon it's like, oh, if you got a question, just you know, ask Duck. He'll, yeah. he'll probably he'll tell you. Which was, looking back, mm -hmm. it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, because the things that I did not know, you'd have to find out. I now needed to yeah. find out so that I could answer people's questions reliably and you know not just make stuff up out of my head yeah and so that sped up my education or am i the reintroduction to photography in the digital age mm -hmm. and uh, uh it was just another layer that really made me fall in love with the art again 
you know so it's all these little things that it it just it's like a jigsaw puzzle it just fit together so well and uh i just stuck with it and before long i was running my own group Mm -hmm. you know meetup.com came along and that was a better platform than Flickr because meetup was about physical Uh, groups yeah actually getting together yes getting together absolutely you know and um you know, so I set up a, a meetup group and we'd go different places and, uh, you know, small groups, maybe six, seven, eight people. Yeah. yeah but we all had the same loves, the same, you the know, same sharing, interests. sharing of interests. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm kind of intrigued by uh, you starting out as a tattoo artist. Oh, <laughs> and like it just in general, just like it's, it's just like I like the progression of. How someone say started as doing this mm-hmm. and somehow not somehow, I always feel like somehow you you get in a, that wherever you're supposed to be, or not supposed to be, yeah, you know, certain yeah. places. But well, look, what's interesting is looking back at my career, yeah. it it's almost almost a complete circle. So I I started off as a graphic artist, mm-hmm. and the way I explain people uh, in relation to my photography back when I was doing graphic design. Mm-hmm. I was, and mind you, <laughs> I'm going to age myself here. Okay. Uh, this is pre-computers. Okay. All right. So I was doing graphic design where we would we would uh, get film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would get the copy, whatever uh, text was associated with whatever we were doing to layup. We would specify to a typesetter, this is the type, this is the size, this is the space, mm-hmm. this is the area that it's got to all fit in, mm-hmm. all right? We'd get the the typeset back, and that would be pasted into a composition. And then we would get the, the, the negatives of whatever image was going to be going along with it, and that would be pasted into the composition. And then from that, we would burn a metal plate from it, mm-hmm. and that's what went on the press. The pre- yeah. All right. So I was on the design aspect of handling photography. Mm-hmm. All right. So a photographer would give me their stuff and then, you know, I would do the layout. And here it is years later. It's the other way You're around. On, yes. I'm on the I'm on the camera side. Yeah. Sending my stuff out to designers. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's inter- that's really <laughs> interesting. So did you did you for uh for when you were doing graphic design, did you go to school for that or just, just not no, practice? No, I, uh, just... I started my graphic design career in the Navy. Okay. All right. And um, that's where it started. Unfortunately, it didn't last very long in the Navy because the Navy decided that, you know, we're going to send that to the public sector. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, we're not, we're not going to have it in-house. So they got rid of in-house graphic artists oh geez yeah but uh it introduced me to graphic design it introduced me to printing i i worked on in the uh the ship's print house they had a they had a um onboard print shop in our ship i was on on an aircraft carrier five thousand plus people oh geez so we were printing all kinds of things Mm -hmm. for uh the the day-to-day activities on board ship yeah so we needed 
a, a graphic artist we needed, you know, somebody to handle the design work and the printing and the things like that. Uh, and then they decided that, you know, we're just going to send that to the, to the private sector. Yeah. And, and then the, they got rid of it. Uh, they still needed in-house stuff, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't need the actual people with the designation of graphic artist. Yeah. How you long know? were you in the military for? Four years. Oh, were you? Yeah. You the four years? Yeah. I was in, uh, during the Reagan era. Okay. Uh, Pre-Gulf War One. Oh, okay. You know, so it was, it was called uh, the Lebanese crisis. So it was just, just before the first Gulf War. Oh, okay. I got out just before the first Gulf War oh. broke out. So I got lucky in that respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I always, like, I, I feel, I always feel horrible when people are sent out for that kind of stuff in general. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, but I was on an aircraft carrier. I didn't really see any action. So yeah. I'm, I'm lucky in that respect. Oh, but, yeah. But when I got back stateside, uh, I, uh, I got a job with a sign company mm-hmm. out of Bridgeport. And I just did graphic design work for the sign business. And uh, uh, one of our biggest clients was the um, Post Mall. Oh, was it? And for the longest time, uh, I haven't been in there in a while. I was yeah. Last time I was in there was about eight years ago, and there were still a couple of my signs oh, still, still, still in place. Hanging. Yeah, hanging at, at the Post Mall. I was yeah. pretty impressed. It's, uh, I was there... Like you, like you said, I, I haven't been there years, but I was, went in recently. It was it's a hundred and eighty percent different from what I remember. Yes, obviously yeah. malls, some malls got bigger, and you know, yeah. obviously change over a period of time, but it's nothing like I remember. I think in the, I think they actually have like a, like some not a zoo, like they have an animal section where you can go and play with animals and like. Like like seals and everything like that. Oh wow! Yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, I forget, I, what, it's, I I forget what it's called. I do when I was like uh, there. They had a, like a whole maritime center, like uh-huh. not whole, but it's like yeah. obviously compared to what a mall is. But right, it was completely interesting that they had that in a mall. So. Yeah, that's pretty strange. And and now we're hearing that the Crystal Mall is going bankrupt. Oh, is it? Yeah, I didn't hear. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, the biggest news it just just broke like last week yeah i, I live in waterbury they recently sold uh the, the last maybe like eight months they sold a mall to another mm-hmm. company for like 55 million dollars yeah so we'll see, we'll see what happens with that one too you know yeah well our our account our biggest account like i said was uh the Canadian post mall which mm-hmm. was uh owned i think they're still owned by westfield associates yeah. which is uh uh, an Australian company, believe it or not. Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. know that. And uh, oh, the, and the Trumbull Mall uh, was another one of our, yeah. our, you know. So we had the Connecticut Post Mall, we had the Trumbull Mall, and a couple of little uh, shops. But a lot of the business that we did was, you know, a new business coming in. They're mm-hmm. gonna need signage for the front of their store. Yeah, you know, and and uh, uh, it was uh, very busy. Um, very busy shop, but the owner, you know, and I, I was there for about four years. Mm-hmm. The owner decided to retire. He sold the business, and uh, the the new owners that came in, um, uh, they just ruined the business. But I was gone by then, and I went into the screen printing industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing, uh, uh, com- I was doing a lot of the artwork for the screen printer. 
and uh, so somebody would come in with chicken scratches on a napkin, say, "Hey, yeah. you know, I want this, you know, concept on a on a T-shirt," and mm-hmm. I had to create something professional looking from it. Oh yeah. So I I got really really good at interpreting people's like thoughts and thoughts like ideas and ideas on, into yeah. something you know tangible that can be put on, on yeah. a t-shirt. Coming in with a little napkin like a little like I'm like serious. Random, like uh, this is a stick figure. This is you know this represents this. This stick figure represents that. Yeah. You know and and they would put whatever text and I had to make it look pretty. But I'm sure it's also like when you're tattooing it was the same thing. People, oh, I, very I much so. People said, "Oh, I want, I want this. Make something out. Not make something out of it, but yeah." You know. So the the training that I got in the t-shirt business really helped me out when mm-hmm. it came time to you know when I when I started doing tattoo work. Yeah, you know, and uh, my youngest brother is the one that got me into that. Oh, was it? Yeah, and and I was at first I was like, "No, nah, I'm not interested," you know. Yeah. Uh, I had that mentality that uh, tattoos, yeah, they're for sailors and bikers and, you know, all that seedy bunch. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I have a little anchor on my arm and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the older uh, guys, they, when they see it, they go, oh, were you in the Navy? Are you in yep. the Navy? They go, I, 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 I had this one guy asking me, like I used to, when I worked in another office, it was just, it just barely, you could just barely see it. He kept on asking me. He goes, "So, are you, are you, without telling me about the anchor, he goes, so are you in the military?" And, and then I go, "No, like I, I was never in the military. I don't know why he went asking me." Right. Then he he mentioned something about the anchor. I go, "Oh, now I get it," because he I had this anchor I tattooed. He kept on, so he just assumed I was, yeah, yeah, military. I go, "No, just just got it because there was on the wall." Oh, I hated people like that. Yeah. I, I would have tried to talk you out of yeah. it. Actually, you know what it is? This one, I, I do have a little backstory to that one, though. It's one. It was one of those flash art events mm-hmm. where they had, like, the Sailor Jerry things oh, on, the, right, on the wall. Yes. And they were like, oh, you know, for this, it's, what, say, 40 or $50, and the yeah. money went to some, some local charity. Oh, okay. So that was the All actual right. backstory. So, well, yeah. I, yeah. All right. I would actually, I'm actually one of those people that would say, oh, I want a, a dragon doing this. Could you make the I'm that like this what we were just saying before? Yeah. That's me. That's like that when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's that I'd come up to you and be like, Oh, I this is my idea interpreted. Right. You right. Know? Yeah, and and for that reason my shop never had any flash up on the walls. Yeah. Because uh, my my shop was very much custom work. Mm-hmm. You know. So people would come in with ideas. They they you know the the thing that I hated is that they would come in with a clipping from a magazine or something they printed off the internet and say, Hey, can you do this on my arm? And says, no, I'm not going to do that. That's somebody else's artwork. I can do something along the same lines, but we'll customize it to fit you, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, a lot of my clients appreciated that. And, and that's what made it interesting for me. You yeah. know, being able to personalize art for somebody rather and have than... It on their, and actually have it on their body. Absolutely, you know. So. And and rather than, you know, just being lazy about it and take something that's already pre-designed and slapping it on. Yeah. You didn't have any, like, any, like, crazy requests like, oh, I want to tattoo uh, this on my, on my, you know, like, say on my face or on the yeah, side of my no, head. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I used to... I usually steered people away from facial tattoos and yeah. things like that. 
or like really weird, mm. stupid stuff. But, yeah. you know, uh, the thing that I learned is that what I may think of as a stupid idea, mm-hmm. they may have a very specific reason. So I used to ask people to explain to me what their reason are. Mm-hmm. And if they gave me a really legitimate reason for having that, what I thought was a stupid tattoo, you know, it would change my, my mind. And I said, okay, you got it. You got I'll it. Yeah. Be more than happy. I, to know, do I, never, it. I never thought about it that way until you yeah. said it. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, that's one, that stupid idea might not be stupid. It might have an actual right different meaning to say, if you know, like a random, I don't know, frog. I'm just thinking for, I don't know why I'm thinking frog, but like, mm-hmm some random like frog or like something like that. It'd be like, Oh, you know, my sister who passed away like frogs or, yeah, you know, some, some so other meaning to it. You know, this, this one uh, lady I know came in and she wanted, she wanted a loaf of bread with a knife cutting off a slice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's like, that, that's so stupid. Yeah. I don't want to do that. That, you know, so I asked her, all right, okay, obviously, if she requested it, there is a reason why she requested it. So I asked her, what's, what's the meaning for this? And she says, well, you know, uh, I've known my husband for, for years. We've been, we've been best friends, and he's always telling me that he, I'm the best thing he's had since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, okay, all right, you know, it's it's their thing. It's yeah. it's something that that means something to the two of them that mm-hmm. everybody else is kind of like not privy to. Yeah, you know. So I that's a good one. Up, though, I man. ended up doing it. That's a really good one. That's a good yeah. idea. The slice bread tattoo. Yeah, I, I won't get it, but like it's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You know, most Joe Schmo and Mary Janes will not get that, yeah. but it had a very special meaning to that couple. Yeah. So it's immortalized forever on their skin. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, I actually want to ask too is with your photography, what do you specialize in with your, your business? I saw you did some like, I, I was looking at your website before. I saw like some uh, food, some portraits. Yep. So in photography, there's, there's well, in, in professional photography, there's literally two categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is called commercial photography and the one that's called retail photography Mm -hmm. and retail photography is the portraits and the weddings and you know event photography and things like that doing pets and i knew right from the get-go weddings is not anything i want to do yeah you can't pay me enough to to shoot a wedding all right so uh, and you know portrait work eh, it's all right but you know everybody's got a camera you know nobody's hiring portrait photographers nowadays yeah. you know the only time you hire for portrait photographer is to go into a school and you know photograph the kids you yeah. know for the yearbook and that's not anything i wanted to no. do uh so i was more interested in uh you know shooting products mm-hmm. And so I decided that's the, the avenue I was going to go in, you know, commercial proto- photography, shooting products. And uh, I love cooking. I, I really enjoy cooking. Yeah. So, you know, um, 
I figure, you know, I'll throw the food in there because I enjoy working with food. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of what I started concentrating on. And uh, with my graphic design background, uh, when it came to doing the layouts for a lot of the commercial photography, uh, I could I could I could talk the language mm-hmm. of the designers. So the designers would say, you know, hey, you know, here's the page layout. This is I need this. I need that. And so I can I can deliver a product that fits into their layout. Yeah. Um, and of course, a lot of the stuff that I do also ends up on the uh, on the internet and you know websites. Uh, so a lot of the product stuff that I do is what's called the Amazon look. Yeah. Uh, which is you know clean product photos on a clean white background that integrates. You yeah, know. I noticed that when I was yeah the kind of thing. But I did notice that when I uh, when I was looking at it. Some mm-hmm. of your photos too, right? Uh, and uh, there's also a, a there's also a lot of psychology to how we read a photograph, mm-hmm. and as a commercial photographer, you got to understand that in order to to have an effective photograph that works well with with page layout and with you know the the psychology of. Uh, the visual psychology of, you know, looking at an image. So there's, there's a lot more involved than just setting it on a table, throwing some lights at it and taking, you know, clicking the shutter. Yeah. Uh, And, and that's all part of that whole package that really made it very appealing to me because it, it, it tickled my fancy as an artist and it keeps me engaged mentally. Yeah, you know, it's it's not like I'm just like a robot. Just take one product, throw it on the table, click. Take another product, throw it on the table, click. Yeah, you know? no, I get. It. That's how I so, feel at my job sometimes. Just the same. It's the same thing over yeah, and over. Yeah. Like it's and repeat. and that's one of the things that I really really loved about my job as a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Yes, the process, the mechanical process was the same, but each job required something different, you know, as far as the artwork was. So I was engaged, uh, you know, I, I was engaged mechanically Yeah. because, well, you know, you can't make a mistake if you're no. a tattoo artist. You know, you make a mistake, that's it, you know. Yeah, you're, so you're stuck. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's the technical aspect and then the, there's the artistic art aspect, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I didn't want to do flash. I didn't want to do pre-designed ideas. I wanted mm-hmm. to create something original for each client. So that appealed to me on an artistic level. So when I left the tattoo industry and moved into the photography industry, I needed something that was going to engage me just as much, mm-hmm. you know, artistically as technically yeah and commercial photography really does that and uh, uh what's interesting now you know I, i've been a professional photographer uh about seven years now almost seven ten years i, I oh, yeah. have to do the math you know and now I'm at a point where some of my clients are asking me to do video work mm-hmm. And back then, it's like I had no interest in doing any video work. Yeah, you know. But so 
they started asking me to do video work. And so I, I brought in a friend of mine to do some video and working with him just kind of, it, it, it's just another aspect that's being thrown in to kind of keep me engaged. Yeah. Now I have to learn a whole new, new language. At first I kind of fought it. I said, do I, you know, I'm old. Do I really want to learn, learn all this? Thing. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, it's nothing, it's, and I'm sure you can pick it up easily, but it's not one of those things you could just like click a, exactly. you know, like you just pick exactly. it up instantly. But the thing is, you know, uh, we're working in a commercial field mm-hmm. where you, clients expect a certain level of quality. Yeah. All right. And when you're learning something, the quality is not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely so not. you have to, you have to find that fine line of being able to deliver the product yet push yourself to learn it yeah and 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 have confidence that you can deliver a quality product just on the small amount of knowledge that you have mm-hmm. so you you really can't overstep yeah your I get it. what what you can deliver mm-hmm. you know you can promise the world but if you don't know how to build that world you're not going to be able to deliver it yeah you know so you know what I like is I don't know if you you know especially now a lot of stuff you have to learn video because how the world's going. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, with YouTube, TikTok, all social media in general. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you pay. I don't know if you see now. A lot of it's, a lot of it falls on my. I find on my uh, Instagram is uh, a lot of like street photography where they yes. stop. They stop and ask the people if they can take their photos. Yeah. I noticed that that you know, like humans of New York is a big thing. I don't know if you heard of yes, you know, yes, like he, uh, yes. Like he, he's absolutely yeah. I remember fo- starting to follow him at the time. He probably had like ten thousand followers. Now mm-hmm. he's got like millions, which you know, good for him. He found that niche, you know. Yeah. And he just started talking. Same thing. He just started doing photography, and you know, while I was taking those photos, he started talking to people. Mm-hmm. And now he turned to, like, say, like, like ten part series, you know, for, right? You know, yeah. on Instagram or Facebook. And like, there's times where he's raised like millions of dollars for, for someone to get a, a, a orphan from Africa, and where he, you know, so one story was is uh, he was talking to a, a construction worker, and he, the construction worker was joking about something that he got serious talking about a, a girl that him and his wife adopted from Africa, and he wanted to. They were trying to get his brother, her brother, over, but he didn't have the money. So they, he made a GoFundMe for the the family, and like, in maybe about a day and a half, he raised over a hundred thousand dollars for him. Wow! And he went back to him, and he he was like, "Hey, look, I raised, you know, you showed him everything." And all he the guy called his wife, and they, and there's there's another post that he put. All he did was uh, the wife just all he just heard was just the wife crying on the other end. Yeah. So it's like he's, you know, making a difference besides just asking people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these, you know, these are people who are entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. you know, they understand the power of the platform they're working with and they're, they actively are seeking to create content that's engaging, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of that, uh, out there, you know, with, uh, with, with people, but, they're targeting uh, a lot of the. What's the best way to, to describe it? They're they're 
they're targeting the general public who is hungry for that kind of content. Yeah. But that's not that's that's more of what you would call, I guess, the the retail end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it, it targets, you know, the people who are, you know, the celebrity followers and things like that. Yeah. Um, my world is more in the corporate business end. And yeah. uh, what's interesting is, is for the longest time, a lot of, and for the most part still now, a lot of the corporate industry really fights against using platforms like Instagram and TikTok yeah. and, and YouTube because uh, let's face it if we look back at the beginning of Facebook it was it was a joke yeah, yeah well no I, well, was, no at first it was like oh it's a great way to to stay in touch with family and friends mm-hmm. who are n- not near you yeah all right then it became a joke yeah no, it, I get it, it was meme land it was if you want to share a picture of your lunch Mm-hmm. And have you know uh, cute babies yeah. and uh, the the cat playing the piano. You went to Facebook, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, <laughs> I just thought about the cat playing piano. I just, yeah. I just came to, like literally that whole thing just came to my head when you just said that. Absolutely, everybody. When I say that, everybody knows exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. I just you literally know? when you were saying that, I was the like cat, picturing it in my head. Yeah, Mr. Sad Cat was another one that came up through there, yeah. and uh, the uh, Numa Numa kid, and you know. Yeah. So, so uh, unfortunately, Facebook got a really bad reputation and a lot of businesses did not see it as a viable platform because for them, you know, my business is serious. It's about, you know, making money. Yeah. Facebook is a joke platform, Mm -hmm. you know, but the thing is over the past, you know, six, seven, eight, almost, almost a decade now. Things have changed and people are realizing that this uh, this joke platform actually has a serious business side, Mm -hmm. but you can't take yourself seriously to use it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of these creatives are. They they're creating content that's engaging. They're poking fun at themselves. They're poking fun at at society. And this is what are getting the views. Mm -hmm. And if businesses can can wrap their heads around that and, and say, how can we use that model to promote our business? They'd be making a mint. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely would be uh, because, you know, back in the day, yeah. uh, if you wanted to advertise your business, you would hire a professional photographer to do yeah. a, a campaign. All right. Uh, and that campaign would go out into newspapers and magazines. OK. Uh, if they had the budget, they would uh, extend the campaign to television and radio. Yeah. All right. And it was expensive. Mm-hmm. But you were limited to that, all right? And for print, yeah, okay. So the biggest avenues were newspaper magazines and, you know, the smaller avenues would be like billboards. Yeah. And point of purchase displays and things mm-hmm. like that. Okay? But it was all very tangible. Mm-hmm. Nowadays with the internet, we have 
you know, we can advertise endlessly across multiple platforms in all different form factors. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned earlier, video is a very important part of that nowadays. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, uh, uh, when I made the transition from film to digital, I noticed that a lot of the old photographers that were dead set on staying film, they're no longer in business because they did not flex. They did not move, move. with the times. Yeah. And uh, we're now at that cusp. If, if you are a still photographer and you're not embracing, you know, uh, um, video, mm -hmm. You're gonna get left behind. Yeah, you know. Look at uh. And in twenty years, who knows what the the new thing's gonna be? Yeah. Look at someone like uh, if you look at YouTube. There's a guy named Mr. Beast. Yes, Mr. Beast. Yeah. Was he spent? I think he said four million dollars a month on videos. Yeah. Like on uploading. So he's obviously he's making more than four million dollars a month. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there, there is a big, big industry yeah. in just YouTube alone. Mm -hmm. It's incredible, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, you'll go. They they clock in at eight o'clock, mm -hmm. just like every you know. There are employees, and each one has a specific job. And the the purpose of this company is to produce content that gets put up on on YouTube. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. I would look like like Logan Paul, or Jake Paul, and now he's like he was boxing. Yeah. Uh, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather, now, yes. You yeah. know, all he was doing was posting, like you said, posting yeah. content. And and if you look at him, really, what what talent does he have? Yeah, no clue. None that I know. None. So. The only talent he has is he knows how to make fun of himself really, really well and broadcast it to everybody else. Yeah. It's crazy how, how big they how big oh, yeah. how big people come become just because yeah. of that. So, so that's where you can say that's a self-made man. Yeah, you know, he built that. Uh, he he built his brand, mm -hmm. and he got it to the point where, you know, people pay attention to him, and then businesses pay attention to the people that are paying attention to him, mm -hmm. and now they want a piece of it. So, well, they're not going to get it on their own. They're yeah. going to pay him. You know to. Get a piece of that. Yeah, because he's got. A, he maybe has the reach of millions, millions, and millions of people, and just it just that extra millions. You say, oh, say, oh, Jake Paul's wearing that in his yeah in his video. Oh, you gotta go buy that shirt. Even just like what he's wearing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, even what or what's in the background. Oh, he's like that. I me go pick up. You know, like probably goes back to what you do or like product placement, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, it's like oh, I gotta pick up that. I oh, I used to work retail. I uh. When I used to go to the movies, I don't really go to the movies too much anymore. But like, I used to do the whole product placement thing where I go, "Oh, I I sell that in my yes, you know, like yeah. oh, that's a Fiesta in the background. That's yeah. that, that kind of dishware. That's kind of that's a that kind of uh, crockpot or whatever, you know." Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, even uh, let's say uh, take the Kardashians for example. Yeah. You know, you would get you know fashion houses and and uh, uh, jewelry. Uh, jewelers you know they they give them stuff mm -hmm. wear it yeah and advertise it you know because they're on social media they're constantly you know oh here i am at such and such a place doing a selfie and what am i wearing i'm wearing this designer yeah. here's the jewelry 
you know, so everybody sees, oh, what's Kim Kardashian wearing? You know, I got to go out and buy that. Buy that, yeah. You know, or look so. at uh, Kylie Jenner, her sister. He's like, she was like the first like teenage billionaire, or whatever, yes. whatever they were yeah. saying there for a while. Absolutely. And yeah. now she, you know, went to the way she made her own. Uh, she had her own company and this and you know, like a like a beauty company. Yes. So she had her yeah. own. I'm sure they, you know, they just used her name. Not used it, but oh yeah, absolutely, you know. absolutely. Name dropping is big, big, yeah. big industry. You know, but you have to have the following, and you know, a, a lot of people th- say, well, you know, that's it's, it's disgusting where where advertising has come down to. You know, yeah, you know, you're literally selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And it says, well, you know, hey, you may scoff, but they're making millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know. I, you know, I, I love, like, uh, one of the things I actually do is when I actually, I, I, I antique, when, I look, when I go antiquing, one mm. of the things I actually look for are old slides. I like photo slides. Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing yeah. I love, I came across, uh, going back to uh, kind of like what you do with a vintage commercial, like uh, slides, or they used to do uh, photography for right. the phone company. Yep. Or like uh, some sort of food company. I'll just bring, when I come back, I have to see if I can find some of the photos. I'll show you. You know, one of these days when I come back and yeah, absolutely. record uh, some yeah. of the podcasts. So I know you also do uh, classes. Yep. So uh, uh, going back to you know how when I made my switch into digital, you know, and sharing information, people were asking me questions, you know. So what ended up happening, like I, I like mentioned before, is I was kind of like the go-to guy, mm-hmm. you know, among these little camera groups. And, uh, you know, I, I really didn't seek it out, but it's part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, my, I come from a family of teachers, and I'm actually married to a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually went to college. I, well, I started college. Uh, looking to become a teacher myself so it's it's in my dna and um i was looking to become an art teacher Mm -hmm. and fortunately i got smart because art teachers are the last ones to get hired first ones to get fired they're Mm -hmm. grossly underfunded and and nobody takes them serious you know unfortunately art is not supported in the public school system yeah so I got smart and decided, yeah, that's not the avenue I'm going to go in, mm-hmm. you know. But I love to teach. If if I have knowledge and somebody needs that knowledge, I'm more than happy to share it. So I started off doing the, the meetup groups, you know, and, and um, doing little workshops. Uh, and as uh, when I set up my first studio... Um, it was it was kind of a way of generating a little extra income. Mm-hmm. I would charge you know a nominal twenty dollars uh, a person for a workshop, where I would teach them how to do something you know at a little bit higher level than what they're they're used to doing. You know whether it's it's uh, uh, some kind of special technique with their camera or or using lighting or working with models, whatever the case, right? And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching all these people put their content up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can do that. Yeah. And it says, but, you know, it's it wasn't a big draw for me. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So I was very happy with the, the small little groups get together and then COVID hit. Oh yeah. And that put the kibosh on the live workshops. So I was looking for a way of being able to still interact with people, uh, teaching, you know, uh, something that I enjoy. And so, uh, zoom, the zoom platform just blew up over the COVID, uh, um, the two years of COVID. A lot of businesses were using it. Um, so I, I decided I was going to set up something on zoom Mm -hmm. where I can still reach because I had a a lot of students already by that point. So I needed to be able to continue and reach these people and still keep everybody safe. So I set up a Zoom platform, which which turned out to be really, really great because now they can interact with with whatever I'm saying. So it's it's no longer it's not like watching a video where it's a one way, you know, you're watching a video and it's just a presenter talking to you. And then you just got to, you know, sit there like a lump and listen. Yeah. As I'm giving my lessons, I can periodically stop and say, hey, does anybody have a question? And if anybody has a question, you know, I can interact and I can explain. Mm -hmm. But what I would do is I would record each session Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, like like anytime you're learning something, it's it's you need to get that repetition of lessons in order for it to sink in. It's not like, you know, you you tell it once and then oh yeah i got it yeah you know so so being able to have the follow-up of being able to say okay i i sat in on the class i kind of got a gist of it uh but now now that i need to do it on my own i don't have the crutch of having the instructor right there to answer my questions and guide me but i i can go back and pull that video and and rewatch it and be able to stop it, pause it, you know, uh, work the problem out, and yeah. then you know, refer back to the the video. And I said it's it's a neat learning tool, mm-hmm. all right. And the, the thing is, now I can start building content towards my own YouTube channel. Yeah. Now I'm not expecting it to you know be anything major. Yeah, and no, I get it. You know, but it's it's a it's it's a way of having a record of past lessons, mm-hmm. and now I'm at a point where uh, I and let me just pause here. Yeah. Uh, so when I first started doing these little video ses- sessions, um, this was all brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never done anything like this, so there was a learning curve on my end, and boy. Was it a rough learning curve? You know, with the technology, it's like, uh, you know, my microphone's not working. Yeah. Why isn't it working? Trying to troubleshoot it live while you're supposed to be teaching something, you know, and and I, I still get glitches. Yeah. You know? uh, this past session, my my stream um, locked up like oh, three geez. times. So three times I have to stop. I have to apologize to everybody, restart the stream, kick it in. And then now I have to edit that video, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's a learning process. But, you know, I, I enjoy learning new things anyway. Yeah. 
But now I'm at a point where I'm very comfortable talking onto a microphone, as you can, you know, obviously tell right now. Yeah. Well, I, you I can't listen, shut me up. <laughs> I listen to you every when I'm waiting for Lou. Yeah, I like to listen to your when you're doing in your little studio there. Yeah, so. but you know the 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 thing that made it easier for me was the fact that I'm talking to people that uh, I'm actually interacting with. Yeah. So it became more a conversation. It's not like I'm just talking to a camera and, and recording my own voice just, you know, just for the sake of it. Yeah. There, there's, there's that back and forth, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which appealed to me. Yeah. And so the recording and the ability to post that on YouTube was mm -hmm. secondary. Yeah. And it's still secondary for my Monday night classes. Mm -hmm. um, but I started thinking, I says, well, here I'm, I'm generating content, all right? It's not really organized. It's not, there's, it's, it's not designed for the YouTube platform, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't care because that's not what that content is for. Yeah. But now that I have the comfort level of working in front of a, a little camera like that, mm -hmm and working with a microphone and uh, being able to, you know, switch scenes uh, depending on what it is that I'm doing with, with the lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm now at a point where I can start creating more formalized content okay. that is YouTube friendly. So uh, that's going to be the next chapter. Okay. And, you know, and, and now that we're coming into the winter season, you know, it really slows down for me, you know, business-wise. So I'm going to be able to devote a little bit of time for that. Yeah. And then once I, I get that going, you know, we'll see where, where the where YouTube leads, business yeah. goes, you know. Yeah. Did uh, COVID slow you down? Any, you know, besides obviously not having the class and everything, like in general with your with the um, photography? Yes. COVID, COVID sucked. COVID sucked for everybody, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I really feel for the, uh, the restaurant industry because like I said, I'm also a food photographer mm -hmm. and, um, uh, I was in conversation with some, some pretty big companies pre COVID. Um, one, one company was looking to, uh, revamp their entire website. Uh, they're a big manufacturer uh, over in uh, Derby, and they were looking to rebrand re re their website. So they needed all new photography yeah. for for their business. And we started the conversation. Uh, I was also talking to a couple of restaurants who were looking to put their menu up on, on online. the online. Yeah. And then COVID hit, and it was like crickets. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, uh, the restaurants uh, no longer there, mm -hmm. right? Uh, one restaurant that I had already started working with, uh, they survived, you know, and uh, uh, they were pretty much quiet during all of uh, COVID. And then uh, at the beginning of this year, you know, they called me back to do some more work. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice that, oh, to good. see that they survive. Yeah, it's always a plus. But it, it slowed them down because pre-COVID, they were talking about franchising. Oh, uh, yeah. And now that's definitely off the table. Yeah. You know, they they went back to, hey, let's just let's just take care of what we have oh, yeah, here. Already. And then later on, we'll, we'll talk franchising, yeah. you know. 
Um, and then the other company, you know, they never reached back out. So I don't know what their What's plans are, on? you know. Yeah. And which I can understand because when you look at it from a business point of view, as important as what I think photography and video is for a business, a lot of businesses unfortunately don't look at that. You know, they they put they put that type of marketing a little bit lower. Yeah. You know, so the for them more traditional uh marketing avenues is is more important um than the quality of their images or quality of their video work so yeah uh, and it's unfortunate you know because i like to tell people that you know a lot of the businesses uh i i did a um actually i think i have it on my phone let me see yeah, if i sure. can put it up uh i did a presentation for the Chamber of Commerce uh, not too long ago, and I pulled up some stats mm -hmm. uh, to to give them. And uh, the stats had to do with, let me see where, where I put it here. Oh, here it is. Stats have to do with um, how businesses and how the, well, how the consumer uh, interacts with business. Mm online and uh everybody knows google yes 92.5 percent of people search with google did you know that no i didn't know i 92.5 percent of the people who I, were making searches i had a feeling it was a little high but yes. i didn't know it was gonna be that m not many yeah to be honest it, with you i can't name another blows everybody else I, out of the i line. can't name another search engine Yahoo and Bing are the other two. Oh, big so yeah, ones. I completely forgot about Yahoo. Yep. I yeah, 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 Yahoo. And, uh, yeah, because they pale in comparison. Yeah, you know, uh, forty-six percent of the Google searches are for local businesses. So oh, almost half, half of of the Google searches are what's going on in my area. Yeah, you know, uh, eighty-six percent of the customers who use Google Maps. Use it to find a local business. It's funny because I do that same thing. I do that. All the time. Oh, that's me. I, you know? I do that. Yeah, absolutely. But 86%. Oh, geez. Okay. So now I, I'm, I'm talking to the people at uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and these are all business owners yeah. who had no clue. No clue. And, and I'm thinking to myself, how can you run a business and not know what, what the, the market search is? Yeah. You know? People and because of that, people are losing out on a lot of possibilities mm -hmm. for their uh, online marketing, you know. And unfortunately, you know, they they don't Even. realize that they're literally throwing money out the yeah. window Even by Go not investing in that. Even Google reviews, if that Google, I mean, if yeah. that many people are searching for a local business. Yes, I I tell my clients, if you're going to have a, a internet uh, presence. Mm -hmm. Make sure positively 100% one of those is Google My Business. Yeah. It's free. Mm -hmm. Google wants to be able to promote businesses. Yeah. All right. And, and so they offer that service for free. You, you go in there, you put all your business stats your hours, your rates, so mm -hmm. what, you know, an explanation, you throw photos up. 
but you need to maintain it. You, you know, they want to see, you know, that you're engaging with it, yeah. you know. Uh, and it's a great way because when somebody is looking for a service and they, they Google a business, all right, right along with that Google search is that little panel that shows your Google My Business information. It yeah. pops it right in there, mm -hmm. you know. So if yours is outdated or non-existent, well, guess who's not getting searched? Yeah. You know, who, who's not getting visibility? All right. Top four social media sites by monthly active users. You ready for this? Okay. Number one, Facebook. Yeah. 2.9 billion. Jeez. Billion with a B. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, monthly average users monthly, monthly. okay roughly 36.9 percent of the world's population are facebook users number two uh is youtube believe it or not mm -hmm. i was surprised youtube has been really uh, uh blowing it up yeah um and youtube is run by google mm -hmm. um so 2.2 billion monthly Jeez. average users so facebook 2.9 billion youtube 2.2 billion all right and number three was actually a surprise for me i thought instagram was going to be yeah, number three I would, I would think so too whatsapp oh really is number three two billion oh geez i never i wouldn't even think about ne that one surprised never. me yeah it's it's not one i engage with yeah you know and it's funny number four is instagram oh, and and uh I do have a Instagram listing, but I don't use it. You know, no. I'm stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm stupid. I, uh, I I don't follow my own advice. I should be on. No, you're uh, good. You know, most of my stuff I do is through yeah. Instagram, so I get it. Yeah, so. yeah. I I I engage more with uh, with Facebook simply because you know uh, I'm reaching my my students mm -hmm. through that platform. Yeah. I found I don't get that much feedback from on f Facebook. It's I, very easy to get lost on Facebook. Yeah, you know, I don't get. I probably got to work on it myself. Yeah, but general, but like I don't get like when I'm on it for like on the on the CT Small Business page, I get like half the 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 feedback from like Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah. Well, you know the the thing with with social media, and and this is what I try to tell businesses, um, the key word. In social media mm -hmm. is social yeah you need to be social you need to have conversations with your viewers mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be any phenomenal thing and the one thing that I warn uh, small businesses to do with their social media is don't use it as an advertising uh, platform mm -hmm. okay that's a great way to have your viewer shut down on you. Yeah. If they come to your page and they're buy now, buy this, 20% off, you know, mm -hmm. they're they're going to okay, uh, yeah. yeah it's I'm like, not yeah, interested. Yeah. They they get enough of that everywhere else. Yeah. Okay. But if you talk about, you know, if if you talk about the benefits of a product, if you talk about the benefits of a service, if you talk about real world situations you know how how you know you saved a client's you know ability to do whatever mm -hmm. you know highlight a client you know 
people will engage with that a lot more. Yeah. They, they want to know, you know, how did, you know, Mary Jane uh, fix her problem? Mm-hmm. Because they may have a similar problem. Yeah. All right. So here, here's a story along that line. And, and uh, um, when it was first described to me, I thought, yeah, this is, this is stupid. This isn't reality. Okay. It has to do with my portfolio, mm-hmm. right? So an artist's portfolio is a sample of work that uh, people can look at and say, okay, is this person professional enough to, to, for me to hire and are they going to deliver what I need? All right. So it kind of gives the, your potential client a view into your, the quality of work that you can do and the type of work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and does it meet their needs? Okay. Now the majority of the work that I do tends to be very boring work. Mm-hmm. All right. Products on white. If you go on Amazon and you look at all these products on white, you're not going to go, oh, pretty picture. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's, it's very utilitarian. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first, not a lot of people are doing it because it's boring work for a lot of people. You know, they'd rather do the artsy fartsy stuff. Yeah. Me, I find the art in, in that. that kind of work. All right. But for a portfolio, products on white is going to bore the, the average person. Mm-hmm. So my portfolio has different type of images that are a little bit more on the artsy side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the conversation I was having was with a, another product photographer who specializes in footwear. Okay. And he said when he was, when he first was building his portfolio, he had uh, a variety of sh- uh, footwear in his portfolio, boots, shoes, sneakers, Sandals, you name it. Okay. He had a client call up and say, Hey, you know, uh, I, I have this, uh, sneaker that, you know, I want photographed and, and I was just wondering if you'd be able to do it. Okay. And it says, well, did you look at my portfolio? I have sneakers on, on my portfolio. Yes, but yeah, no lie. Yeah, but that was a white sneaker. Mine's a red sneaker. Can you do that? <laughs> and it, he said, "It's he, he goes, it stopped me in the track. I thought I was being punked, but no, this was a serious question. Yeah. And I'm like, how can somebody be di- so disconnected, you know, from, from reality yeah. until it happened to me? Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's. I don't know what it is. It's 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 that it's part of the psychology, you know, uh where a a the the creator has something mm-hmm. and they just they see it in a different way than the same thing that somebody else creates. Yeah. All right. There's a there's a certain investment. So they you know, it could be a another sneaker, mm-hmm. all right? But for some reason, they view it as different. Yeah. All right? So they want to make sure that you can handle their very special product that looks like everybody else's. Yeah. They want to make sure that, they can, they, that you can handle their very special product in a very special way 
just for them. Just for them, yeah. You know, it, it's, it makes it's sense. weird. You know, but yeah, I get where you're kind of that completely makes sense. You know. Yeah, you know, because you know, us as a photographer, you know, yeah, we don't have that that personal investment in your product, mm-hmm. so we kind of we lump it in with everything else that we've done. That's eh, a sneaker. I can shoot yeah. sneakers all day long. Yeah. You know, it says, yeah, this one's special. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we exactly. It. You know, so yeah, you know, you just gotta handle everybody, you know, yeah. Kid gloves and, and, you know, uh, confirm that. Yes, I, I can handle your product just like, like anybody else's, yeah. you know, it's just like when people come in, I like, I, I probably repeated before I work in ophthalmology. Yep. It's the same thing. We're like, oh, you think they can do this and help my help me? It's like, and they're like, oh yeah, it's the same concept. Like, yeah, we can. You know, not knowing them, not knowing that they see that same issue every yes, single day. Very much so. Not you yeah. know, or like, it's it's like uh, a lot of the doc, a couple of my doctors they do cataract surgery. Mm-hmm. Everyone, ten out of time, ten out of ten times they come in nervous about it, which makes sense. Right, it's your eyeball. It's your yes. But like, I got to you know, you calm, you know, have to relax them, calm them down a little bit, not calm them down, but like, put it, put their mind at ease. But it's just, it's such a common practice now. Right. So it's just like it's like they'll 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 make sure you're okay. It's just like you know they have the whole thing. You know, the next day they're, they're ten like again ten out of ten times they come in. And I go there. You say, I was worried about nothing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And like, it's yeah. like, oh, they took care of me. They did this. But, and like, yeah. It's, it's their, their little fears. Yeah. You have to, uh, allay their little fears. Yeah. You know? I, I remember one lady came in recently actually, and she, I was going to, I was helping her instantly starts crying, like freaking out crying. Yeah. yeah. And like, I go, I, and like, I don't do well with people who do that. Not in a bad way. Just, I just don't know how to handle it. I just don't know how to comfort someone like that right i don't know if yeah. that makes sense no yeah yeah but like i go i had to get my co-worker and and uh they you know they calmed her down and everything they explained everything to her and and uh she goes oh just my eyes i just it's just the one thing that that freaks me yeah. out yeah yeah my you know so which is like oh that's okay you go we don't have to explain it's, it's yeah fine. but it you know that that relates to proximity to the problem yeah the the closer you are to the problem, the the more worried you're going to be. Yeah, you know, and you know we we kind of see that in the corporate world too. Uh, in my business, because I, I have a variety of of clients that range from, you know, small business owners, mom and pops, mm-hmm. who are very close to the you know the the, the daily routine of their business, mm-hmm. and then I have corporate clients that you know they're company headquarters is out in california yeah. i i talked to the the guy by phone i've never met the guy it's always by by, by phone, phone yeah. you know um and there are several departments between him and my work mm-hmm. you know so the mom and pops tend to put a little bit more pressure on me to get things right yeah do it you know, the way they want and, and like you said, allay their fears. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the corporate client is, yeah, whatever you do, it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, carte blanche. Yeah. You know, so I kind of like those because, you know, it, it frees me up to, you know, not be so much the babysitter. No. Yeah. You know, uh, 
But then on the other side of it, having that personal conversation with a business owner Mm -hmm. tends to yield more interesting results. Oh, yeah. Because you you can explore a little bit more creativity Mm -hmm. where when there's a little bit of distance, it's, you know, you're, you're delivering more of the what everybody else is delivering, you know, it's like, yeah, they, they want to play it safe. So I got to play it safe. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I'm always, I'm, I'm the, 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 like when you're explaining like the big business type idea, where just like, I just, I say, I just here run with it. Yeah. Just do it. You know, I trust you or just do it. It's like why I tell, I tell Lou, I go just, uh, when he edits the video, the, the, the recordings i go just do whatever yeah you're the expert do go, it. you do it take care of it they go, yeah. you, i know what you know what you're doing so that's it i go i trust you it's like it's yeah. okay i go i you know like as far as i know he could be messing up inside but like i just know he's not going to obviously do that right and he's right. i know he, he's can he'll put more focus towards in general you know yeah i get that with my uh with my clients that come in for headshots yeah you know they they come in you know, kind of like like your clients with the ophthalmology, they come in all nervous. You know, uh, uh, got to make sure that you make me look good. Yeah. And uh, but there's there's at some point they have to make that surrender mm-hmm. of just putting the trust that you're gonna do your job properly mm-hmm. to make them look good. Yeah. You know. So and and I get that with my headshot clients because it's like uh, they always come in and it's like oh I don't I don't take very good pictures you know uh, which to me says well you never had a good picture taken yeah exactly you know? uh, so that's that's on the fault of the photographer not on the fault no, of you you, you know it made you think that way you know what's that which made them think that oh, way well well yeah and, not made, and, yeah but, like, but no i mean you can explain it to them but they're they're not nah it's yeah. it's 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 always my fault i i don't take good pictures i'm yeah. you know uh and and then when they see the 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 thing is when i work with my clients for headshots mm-hmm. uh they're very involved yeah they're involved in the whole process. So what I do is, is I, I shoot tether to my computer. So they're actually seeing what comes out of the camera, mm-hmm. uh, which makes it a little bit easier because I can say, okay, well, you know, uh, see this pose. This is this is how I want you to fix it. You know, twi- twist here, look there. You know, bring your eyes in this direction. Or right. well, give me this smile. You know, yeah. so you can you can point to something that now becomes like very exactly. So so it, and it reinforces in their head. Okay, okay, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm doing what I'm being asked for, and 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 uh, I'm seeing the results on that screen in front of me and I'm like, all right, every time he, he, he makes a, a tweak to make it better. I'm actually seeing that it actually is yeah. making it better. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes them relax a l- into the process a little bit more and trust me a little bit more because they're getting that, that visual feedback right away. Yeah. And then they walk away, uh, you know, before we close the, the session, you know, we've taken, you know, 30, 40, maybe 50 photos mm-hmm. and they're walking away with two. Yeah. So out of those 30 to 50 photos, they're going to pick out the two best ones that they want. Mm-hmm. And they walk away happy because they got the very, very best shots. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've had people come back and says, you know, I, 
everybody loves that photo. They said it's the best photo that that I've ever got taken. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me break my elbow as I pat myself on the back. Yeah. You know? Exactly. It, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's know? always a plus. So it's always but, a plus. You know, and, and and so I tell people, you know, if you have an outdated photo for your business, mm -hmm. consider, you know, hiring a professional photographer to go to and just trust trust the process you know yeah uh, don't go to one of these guys that can do it for 25 bucks yeah forget it you know you know get your money's worth out yeah of it. exactly exactly you know you it's know? like it's like when you buy that that uh that's that name brand a store brand compared to a name brand right you get like yeah. you get what you pay for exactly you know exactly so, you know definitely and i got one more question before we sure end absolutely it. it's actually kind of you're, you actually you're giving a lot of advice and throughout the whole thing but what's the advice you would give to someone who's just starting? Uh, in this business? And yeah. It could be this, and it could be in photography. It could be in general. Well, the joke is if you want to make money in photography, sell your equipment. <laughs> I never thought of, I never heard that one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a tough industry. Yeah. The, the thing is that, you know, we have, we all walk around with a camera. Yeah. Uh, in our in pockets. Pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Every cell phone has a camera. And of, oops. And of course, you know, you can buy very inexpensive cameras nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, everything from little point and shoots to something that you can take on holiday that's easy to carry mm -hmm. to, you know, big monster, big DSLRs with, you know, interchangeable lenses that mm -hmm. are not going to break the bank. Yeah. You know, so literally anybody can be a photographer. Mm -hmm. If you have a camera, you are a photographer. Yeah. All right. The difference is being a professional photographer, which has a certain demand on you to produce top quality work. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where, uh, it kind of falters because a lot of businesses, you know, especially small businesses, they, they don't have the budget to hire most professional photographers. Mm -hmm. So they go to the advanced amateur yeah. who may not have the quality, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, that whole process kind of has cheapened the the business of photography. It mm -hmm. says, well, why am I going to pay you $1,000 mm -hmm. when I can... You know, my neighbor, Roger, I can pay him 25 bucks to do the same thing. Yeah. But are you getting the same thing? Are you getting the guarantees? Are you getting the the quality? Are you getting the experience that's, that goes behind it? You know? Yeah. And uh, uh, so it, it makes it, it's, it's a very hard, hard business to get into. Yeah. All right. It's a lot easier if you're if you want to break into photography. It's a lot easier to get into retail photography, and you know because anybody with a camera can be suddenly a wedding photographer. Yeah, because everybody has a friend that's getting married. Mm -hmm. All right, that you can talk to talk into, you know, shooting their their wedding. The wedding. Can't guarantee how good the photos will be, but yeah. you can guarantee that you're going to get a gig. At yeah. least, at least one. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so it's it's very tough to break into this industry, you know. And uh, the the art 
part of it, you know, the actual photography and, and, and putting a shoot together is only about 10% of the entire business. Everything else is networking and, and trying to land the clients and the paperwork and, and everything else that goes into business. You know, so it's it's not very glorious. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they 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 think photographers, oh, they get to travel the world and take pictures of this and supermodels and you know uh, exotic locations, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of work that goes into that, and you have to work your way through, just like anything else. You got to yeah. work up. You know, like uh, I I kind of liken it to somebody who plays the guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you picked it up when you were in high school because it made you look good in front of all the girls and yeah. you can play some chords and, and you have a garage band. But, you know, can you fill an arena of of paying customers? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely no. not. You know, it's the same thing with professional photography, yeah. you know. Yeah. Can you fill that arena? And people, I think people forget, you also mentioned selling a little bit, is that they're paying for your experience. Yes. So and, people forget and about that. That's yeah, it's very easy to forget, you know, because all right, so like I like I said I I came from a graphic design background. And one of the things that really really frustrated me uh back in the day was when we made the transition from analog to digital, mm -hmm. all right? Uh early 80s. All of a sudden, Windows was was everywhere, mm -hmm. and uh, we had that nice user interface, and all these uh, uh, programs came up, um, you know, word processors. So yeah. all of a sudden, guess what? The the typesetter that you sent all the type to get uh, specked out, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it's being taken care of by a you know computer, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, so I would get. You know, my clients would, would call me to design their stationery and their business mm -hmm. stuff. And all of a sudden, well, there are these quote-unquote templates. Mm -hmm. You can just get a template for your word processor and voila, you have, you have yourself a business card. You have a little flyer, you know. But if you look at the quality, you're talking about desktop publishing quality. Mm -hmm over you know professional quality designed business card yeah all right so now a business card that's two by three and a half inches mm -hmm. small right yeah. somebody would hire me to design their their card and there's like anything else there's a psychology to design mm -hmm. okay uh, everything from selecting type to selecting the paper quality to the colors, the whole nine yards. Everything has to work in unism. It's not like I can just go to Staples, get you know one of those uh, uh, um, the um, the the business card things that are pre perforated. Yeah. Right. You can always tell that's cheap. Yeah. Okay. You know, but so I would come back with the design. Mm -hmm. All right. Before I would come back with the design before it went out to the printer mm -hmm. and I would, you know, back day, back then it was 400 bucks, you know? So they'd look at me and look at this two by three and a half little design that I did. And now you're asking 400 bucks for this. Yeah. They're looking at it. I could have done this on, on my, my, you know, 
little computer, mm-hmm. right? And it says, yeah, but I spec'd out the paper and the colors and the yeah. typeface and, and this. I I made arrangements with the printer mm-hmm. to make sure that the finished piece, yeah. you know, shines mm-hmm. rather than, you know, that little perforated card that you get from Staples, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people overlook that yeah. because they don't they don't see that value right away yeah. you know and that was very frustrating it sounded like you learned all that overnight yeah you know exactly like, like you put all that together over it it sounded like you just learned right. that specific thing and and i i find this kind of the same thing now not only you know does everybody have a camera and everybody can you know put something on a table light throw some light on it take a picture and come out halfway decent yeah you know, but there's again, it's the 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 quality that goes behind it. It's the psychology that goes behind it, and not only the the results that happen after my work is done. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If you are looking to sell a widget, mm-hmm. and you take a crappy photo of that widget, mm-hmm. okay, and you pay the guy twenty five bucks. All right, and you say, "Oh, that's good enough." You throw it up on your website, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's usually where it stops. Yeah. People stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. All right, unless unless they're smart. All right, the business next door they hire me. All right, I come in at five hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and I take their nice widget, and it looks shiny and glittery, and it's a hero shot. And it fits in very well with their page, the the layout, and their, the whole nine yards. Okay, and they pay me, mm-hmm. and then they forget about it. Yeah. But what they don't realize is, yeah, you you've forgotten about it, but it's still working for you. Mm-hmm. So that crappy twenty five dollar job, it's still working for them. Yeah. And how's it working? Everybody that goes to that website are gonna ooh. I don't know if I can trust this business. Look at this crappy photo. Yeah. You know, where right next door, they're looking at that nice, shiny, very beautiful photograph. Mm-hmm. It's, they're, they're not associating it just with the product. They're also associating it with the business behind that product. Yeah. It says, oh, wow. They have a very professional-looking photo on a very professional-looking page. They mm-hmm. must be, therefore, very professional, professional. you know? Yeah. And and that's that's what a lot of us are fighting against, mm-hmm. is that that mentality, you know, where, eh, twenty five, that's good enough. Yeah. But it's not, mm-hmm. you know. And and part of it, I have to, kind of educate the yeah. the small businesses that you know, you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. Exactly. You, you couldn't say but any any more perfect doc you know you know and and you know uh i'm i'm a small business and uh i'm always learning new things you know for myself like i mentioned earlier i should be on more on instagram but i'm yeah. not you know yeah, it's, no, I get it. it's a hard lesson and you know uh, there's a good example it says i don't you know i'm not paying any mind to instagram but you know what instagram's not doing for me no it's yeah. not getting me customers. No. Why? Because I'm not putting no. any effort into it. Yeah. And that's, I'm literally, literally throwing money out the window. Mm-hmm. 
and and every time conversations like this come up, I kick myself. Yeah. So thank you for kicking me. <laughs> ah, no problem. You remember that? Remember? I don't know if you see, were part of Instagram when it f- kind of first started. All it was was for photography. It's yes, absolutely. In the yeah. beginning, it was just photography. Yeah. And you had to get a. I remember you had to get an invite to join. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you weren't even allowed, and you could only use it on like uh, your app or something like that. Yep. If I remember right. It, 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 yep, very, very much an app, and it was that strict square yeah. format. And, and you yeah. couldn't even, you couldn't even use it like you couldn't even like use your laptop to put no. a, the domain name. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it's strictly, strictly for the, the app, and you had to get the cell phone, Yeah. Yeah. So, and was, and absolutely no videos. No. You know. I know. And now they've, you know, like any business, they're gonna expand and and yeah. uh, explore different. Whatever uh, the 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 client is looking for, uh, you know, if they're smart, they're gonna grow. Yeah, and just like every state, if, if if they stayed what they were doing, they would never. They would just right. probably wouldn't even exist anymore. Oh yeah, no. You know, I mean, well, I, I you know, I mentioned Flickr earlier. You know, I say Flickr to a lot of people, and I said, like, "What's that?" Yeah, you know, I remember having an account on Flickr. Yeah, so that's why I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Yeah, I I uh, I had an account and. I, I closed it because, you know, Flickr sucked. Yeah. No, I get that. So. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I haven't used it in years. Like, yeah, I same. can't remember last yeah. time I even used it. I actually, I, have, I forgot about Flickr until we talked about it on this episode. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, Flickr got bought out by SmugMug. Oh, did they? Yeah. See, I forgot about them too. Yeah. I forgot about SmugMug. Mug, as I can't say. SmugMug. SmugMug, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely forgot about that. I forgot about that website as well. And see, yeah. you just said yep. it. That, that platform is actually very big with photographers. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I use, I use SmugMug. Uh, my website is on SmugMug. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, it's a great platform for delivering digital product, photo products. Oh, is it? Let's check Absolutely, it out. Yeah, I'm still practicing. Um, I always say I'm forever practicing. So yep. once I stop, once I stop, I can't top myself. That's when I quit. Yeah. So I'm always learning and yeah, and everything. I I wish their platform would get a little bit more with the times as far as being able to uh, service uh, service photographers as a as a, a web platform, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just a an image gallery platform. Uh, but hey, yeah, I I can only hope. Yeah, definitely. And as we were talking about that, where could we find you? Like, how would you contact? So you? I uh, for my commercial work, I am unitasphotography.com. That's u n i t a s photography.com. Uh, I work with uh, local small businesses, uh, you know, like I said, primarily product photography, um, whether you are manufacturing a, a gizmo or if you, like I said, have a restaurant, you need to put your menu online. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if uh, you're a retailer and um, for some reason your manufacturers of your products are not providing you imagery and you need to you know, provide your clients with images of what you sell, uh, reach out to me. Uh, I also uh, do brand photography. So if you have a service that, that, you know, not necessarily a product, but if you have a service and you need to create imagery for your website, mm-hmm. 
uh, I come in, I can, you know, do headshots, I can take photos of your staff doing, you know, whatever it is that they do. Uh, if you, if you do have a social media presence, you know, either on Facebook or Instagram, and you need to create content for that, and you don't want to trust, you know, your employee with their iPhone to do it for you. Yeah. You know, I can, I, I have packages available and I come in and, and we just create a library of images that you can use royalty free and you can marry it to whatever, you know, uh, um, article you want to promote on social media. Oh, okay. You know, like I said, social media is about being social. So it's not about selling stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, if you want to create a rapport with with your client base, you know, they, they want to know what's under the hood. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, who's who's taking care of me, and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and do they have my interest uh, in mind or is it just some nameless corporation? You yeah. know, so, uh, you know, show them that that uh, you're thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Show them what you know happens behind the scenes you know a, a lot of companies do um y you mentioned doing uh the fundraiser stuff yeah. uh a lot of businesses you know uh either donate or they they do a fundraiser for a good cause or they'll do a you know a uh um, food drive or something especially around now nowadays in the during the holidays uh, it's all I've been seeing on my Instagram. Yeah, in a, in a good way. It's all I've absolutely, been absolutely. These are all public public relation events that people want to know about. Yeah, you know, they they get their warm fuzzies knowing that hey, I'm buying this product, I'm buying this service, and they are in turn reinvesting it in the community. You know, yeah. and this is all social media stuff that you know makes you look good. Yeah. Uh, without a, without shoving that product down your your throat yeah i had an idea of doing a, a like a food drive in like a christmas in july yes because it's like needed yeah. all year i get the concept oh yeah this time, absolutely but like, absolutely I, I, um i was thinking maybe like some random thing in july of yeah no you know? christmas in july is is a great time um <clears throat> Uh, I know, uh, you know, through my association with the chambers, I know some some people at Adams House and mm -hmm. uh, Spooner House and, okay. and uh, a few others. And one of their complaints is, yeah, we get we get a ton of stuff around the holidays, yeah. you know, more more than what they really need. Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this is also a good time for people to kind of clean out their pantries. Yeah. So they, they tend to donate things that are just, you know. Just almost past eh, their prime. Yeah, which which is a, a crappy thing to do, in my yeah. opinion. But, you know, people eh, people are going to do what they do. Yeah. But they say, you know, yeah, it, it takes care of these three months, but the people we're taking care of don't need help just for those three months. Yeah, they need it for the rest they of the year. They need it for so. the rest of the year, yeah. So. so after, you know, January, things dry up, and now it's back to like, oh, now we got to scramble yeah. to fill the needs that are still there. Yeah. You know, so that need doesn't go away. Absolutely not. I was not. thinking maybe part of the whole CT small business thing, I was maybe thinking, like you said, 
I was maybe doing maybe March, then yep. July. Yeah. Maybe every like two or three months. You know, maybe have a food drive or uh mm-hmm. like uh I don't know, uh suffer like uh toothpaste and feminine products. Yes. People forget yes. May for May forget that they need that all year yep. round. Um, yeah, I, I actually know somebody who who does that, and uh, she collects um, healthcare products. You know exactly that: toothbrushes, toothpaste, toilet paper. You know diapers, things like that. Yeah. You know because there there's is a strong need. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would suggest in in that regards is concentrate more on getting monetary donations. Mm-hmm. Rather than food donations, yeah, because it goes farther. farther. It goes farther, farther, but more importantly, yeah. uh, they're able to take those funds and use it for the areas that they are lacking in. Oh, I know? never thought. I never thought yeah. about that part. So you know, they they may do a food drive, and all you know, like this time of year, you know, everybody's donating a turkey and the fixings and whatever. But you know, what about? The diapers. What yeah. about the you know um, the other necessities? Mm-hmm. You know, toilet paper and clothing. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, gas cards, mm-hmm. right? Um, and of course, uh, all these all these businesses, uh, all these uh, companies, they are a business in themselves. So mm-hmm. they have their operating costs. They have yeah. rent that they need to pay. They got, you know, all their office supplies that they, they got to pay for, you know. Yeah. And corporate donations only go so far. Yeah. I ha- I follow one band, and they actually have uh, this guy who actually follows them. He owns a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And he actually, one of his things does he does is he brings, you know, like feminine products for the females. Yep. Or women, whoever you want. I don't know why I'm being proper women. to say women, females. But he does that, and he has... Uh, the, the the cotton swab to the mouth for bone marrow. Oh wow! So he okay. does that, and I think he saved, or he helped save like twenty thousand lives in the process of him. Wow! Doing it, and he's done that because that's different. Yeah, yeah. He, he did. He he was inspired by a who fr- by a friend who had a like a medical need, mm-hmm. but like if if the access was able to him he would have survived he passed away wow, wow. and like all oh, because of a simple thing he could have done yeah he could have been saved or however you want to term you know like use the terminology they could have been helped better yep. but he lost his life and he was like oh that's what turned him to to uh yeah to help and it's called actually called punk rock save lives saves lives wow that's pretty cool it, it reminds me. Uh, you ever see the? It's it's an older movie now. Uh, the movie Robots. Yes. Uh, there was a line in there: "See a need, fill the need." And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's awesome. Definitely. And on that note, I guess we're uh, done. Duck. Well, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Oh. This was quite enjoyable. Thanks. We'll have to do it again because I like to. I feel like we can get more. We can talk more. Well, I'm right next door, so, so yeah. you know I'm not too far away. Definitely, you'll but, you'll be on again. I promise. Awesome, so. awesome. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks, and we're out.